Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Forgot to say, I got a shout out to the Hammers fan who gave me a I'm Sam Delaney. So what? In the bogs at West Ham on Saturday. Good one. Very nice. Yeah. Mm. Felt good. Best place to get one. Best yep. place to get a so what. Yeah. When you're in the bogs. Yeah. Um, did he have a look downwards before you went so nah, what? Nah, he wasn't looking at my penis. Not like what happened to. Do you know that's what stopped Russell Brand having to come in the normal seats at West Ham? <laughs> Russell Brand stopped coming like in the normal bit because people kept trying to take pictures of his knob while he was having a piss. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's Tuesday. Are we going to have a look in the mailbag? See what's there. We'll do our best. Actually, it hasn't been good, like, has it? Yeah, just quickly before Recently. we delve in. <clears throat> um, well, the thing is, we haven't been asking for many things. If we ask, people usually answer. But we've been podding a little bit less because of our tour. And we haven't been asking, yeah. but we did. We're not mind readers, we, these people, we, are they? we did ask about um, people's views on going to Boca Juniors, and we've had about four, maybe five stories from people about going yeah. to Boca Juniors. So we'll we'll do those. And um, there was something else we asked about. Anyway, um, you know, I was talking about the world's unluckiest van driver by Ken Loach last week, and we were talking <laughs> yes. about how Ken Loach keeps making these movies about the travails of the ordinary working man. Yeah, and he's been yeah. making them through different generations now. And uh, yes, yeah. in a way, he's like, we were like, it was almost like he was just confused by the basic dynamic of work in mm. life and outraged by it. Mm. And maybe I'm not, that's not to say he's not right to be outraged by it, but it is, there's something in his, in the latest film where you just sort of think, nah, maybe he's been directing films for too long and has completely <laughs> lost touch. With his and anyway, with that in mind, I was just listening to the radio this morning and 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton came on. And that's when it hit me. Dolly Parton is America's Ken Loach, isn't she? She is. She is yeah. America's Ken Loach yeah. because she is a woman who I don't... Well, I, unlike Ken Loach, I, I, she's a woman. I don't yeah. know enough about her past. <clears throat> Maybe she did work 9 to 5 before she became one of the world's mm. best-selling recording artists, right? But... Yeah. In the lyrics to 9 to 5, which is a great song. Working 9 to 5, what a way to make a living. Barely getting by, it's all taken and no giving. They just use your mind and they Mm. never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. That is almost exactly the sentiment behind every Ken Loach film of the last 30 to 40 years, right? Yeah. Nine to five for service and devotion. You would think that I would deserve a fat promotion. Want to move ahead, 
but the boss won't seem to let me. I swear sometimes that man is out to get me, right? Dolly Parton, you tour the world playing to stadiums of adoring fans. And as much as I think you're a very admirable woman who is extremely talented and Mm. large of breast, right? You don't Mm -hmm. know really about the strife of the ordinary working man or woman. And in many ways... Your lyrics could be interpreted as quite condescending, as can the no, film, the filmmaking of that. Ken Loach. I'm going to disagree with that. There is such a thing, Sam, as empathy. Mm. And Dolly Parton is clearly uh, overspilling with empathy. She clearly talks to the, uh, let's call them the grunt workers, the engineers in the studios where she records, the technicians <laughs> when she's yeah. on tour, the people who sell so, the tickets, the people who sell the ice how you boys this work? How are you boys liking this here engineering work? We hate it. You exploit us. Oh, really? Let me just write that down. <laughs> I could put that in my next song. And hang on. While we're talking about Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton also has uh, a program of handing out free books to children, which is spread across the globe. All right. Dolly Parton has probably done more for child literacy than anybody else on this planet over the years. So let's not have anything. Yeah. And also... Dolly Parton wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You on the same fucking day. Fucking hell. Get that. That's a fact. All right. That's a great fact. And you know I don't usually like facts, but that is a fact I like. All right. Listen. Mm. All right. I'm going to re- re- change what I said then. Dolly Parton is like the good Ken Loach. That's better. Okay. I'll take that. All right. What's your position on old Bruce Springsteen then? Oh, I've been working down the old factory down New Jersey way. And my mother, she came by. She's still an alcoholic. <laughs> Shut up. You've been fucking, you've been a singer-songwriter your whole life. Bruce Springsteen, again, Bruce Springsteen in 1985, I think it was, gave a, a check for 20 grand to the striking miners in the Northeast. So 20 Bruce grand? Springsteen. Good guy, yeah. He's fucking... Or what about that story about Sting when he gave 500 quid to that music writer, <laughs> John Wilde, and he said, I've made more than that in the time it takes me to write it. <laughs> fucking hell. You know that story, right? I don't know that story, no. He's interviewing fucking... He's been interviewing Sting, and the, and the PR comes in to do the old hurry-up that they do. You know, well, one last question, one last question. He's really got no time. So he goes, right, oh, shit, last question. Uh, Sting, will you lend me £500? And Sting goes, and the PR goes, no, hang on, you can't ask that. And Sting goes, no, 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 no. Had up a minute, had up, right? Why? (laughs) Why do you want 500 quid? And he goes, I've had a terrible time recently. My missus has left, my my girlfriend left me. Um, I'm absolutely skinned, work's stressing me out. Just things have been going badly in my life. And if if I don't get a holiday soon... I think I'm going to go nuts. And Sting goes, mm. ah, all right, fuck it. And he starts writing out a check because it was in the 80s or something <laughs> when checks were still going. And he went, oh, my God, I didn't expect you to say, yeah, thanks. He goes, ah, to be honest, mate, I've earned that much in the time it's taken me to write it. Have a good time. <laughs> Have a good time, mate. Take the your friend. And that's Sting. Ah, uh, that's Sting. Sting. Getting back to Ken Loach. Go on. Sting. Continue. Sting was a teacher, right? So yeah. a lot of people um, don't like Sting and the Police because they think there yeah. is a middle-class wankers band, right? <laughs> but some mm. people say that. I'm staying impartial. But the but he was a teacher, 
and he did he give teacher, and he yeah. did, and he did give five hundred quid to a bloke I know. So and he and he he give I, I know of another uh, act of generosity from Sting which I'm not allowed to publicly talk about, which, right. which also puts Sting in the good guys camp. Yeah. So and he knows uh, how to get, have he knows how to have it off. Yeah, for, so for like hours. twenty hours at a time or he something. Just, he just sticks it in and just leaves it there. No thrusting. That's the signal. <laughs> no thrusting, man. Hey, <laughs> just put it in, put it in, and then just sit there. She can sit on top. You can watch a film over her shoulder if you want. But she can maybe read uh, a book. You've seen him up the t- up the tune, haven't you? When you've been out there shopping in one of the pubs. And you just, hey, just but, keep it in. But Stingman, how do you keep it hard, like if you're not moving at a boat? Whoa. Yeah, just fucking think dirty thoughts, like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the film you're watching over a show that could be one of them French ones. You know, it's a bit of nudity in. That'll keep your heart. Get yourself a bluey. <laughs> Get yourself a bluey, and if your missus don't like it, just tell her it's an art house, like. She sits on your dingle, right? And you look over her shoulder and watch her bluey. There you are. Gone for hours. Gone for hours. She bloody loves it, like. <laughs> <laughs> My missus, right? My missus, Trudy Styler, right? <laughs> she swears by it, man. <laughs> the film the film producer, Trudy Styler, my missus. <laughs> Getting back to Ken Loach, though, if we can for a minute. Uh, the, there's an interview with David Bradley, who starred in Kez in 1969, I think mm. it was. Uh, and there's the scene at the end of Kez where uh, him and some other of the boys get caned. Uh, and Bradley says in this interview, we were assured that Loach would call cut before we were caned, but he didn't. <laughs> Ken, Ken Loach himself later said, you can't imitate that expression, the point at which the cane strikes the hand. So we just caned them, really. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Loach. The more I hear Cunt. about this guy, I've actually interviewed Loach on a number of occasions. And right. I've always been quite, um, I've never had the balls to take him on because there's mm. something about him. When you see him, in, yeah. when you see him eye to eye, you think this bloke could turn if you if you really went yeah, for it yeah. in a combat situation? I reckon yeah. he'd be really dirty. Do you know? I mean, I'm, he's about seventy eight now, but he'd probably still go it, for the balls. He'd fucking do, do yeah. He'd do something horrible. He'd like he'd get his <laughs> to ki- the balls. He'd have his. Ki- I reckon he keeps his hand in his pocket, and I reckon he's one of those who keeps the old Yale key in between yeah. his knuckles sticking out. Yeah. Moment, yeah. moment, it kicked off. He'd take it out. And I'm, yeah. I've got the whole way through all these interviews. I've got one hand thinking, "Why is his right hand in his pocket? I know what his game is. He's ready. He's going to do yeah. me in the scrotum. Bang! Have that. Maybe he's got one of them. Uh, maybe he's got one of them big rings with like a big fake ruby on oh, it. A sovereign, a sov. Yeah, yeah. A sovereign ring. <laughs> yeah. He wears a lot of sov. When you see him, when you see him publicly, he won't wear his sovs. But no, I've, but when I've seen him, I've interviewed him. I've actually interviewed him on the TV. And then he took it, mm. he said, hold up a minute, mate. I'm just going to take the sobs off. Doesn't really go with the image. Yeah, and it's he a t- bad look. Takes yeah. the sobs off. But when I've interviewed him on radio or for print, he mm. leaves the sobs on. 
And he makes he makes, sure he makes you, a point of making sure you fucking yeah. see him good during yeah, the interview as well. I've got to say, he'll just put his hand down on the table at the beginning. Yeah, Dr- stretch 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 the palm out, stretch the fingers out, drum his fingers just let you a see bit. What he's got? He likes to yeah. drum his fingers on the on the table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is what I've got. This is what yeah. I got, mate. So if you want to fucking kick off and start calling into question my fucking credibility as a filmmaker yeah. and a documenter of the fucking travails of the working man. Then you're going to yeah. get some of this fucking sov. You're going to get a bit of loachy sov in your fucking boat race. Maybe, maybe I did cane them kiddies, <laughs> but it's a lesson. It's a life lesson. It's a life lesson for all of us. Life's hard. Yeah, and I'll the ca- working man I'll, suffers. I'll, Even the kiddies suffer. Yeah, I'll cane you as well, you cunt. <laughs> 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 mm. Fucking loach. If he's if, if he's not fucking caning kids, he's threatening fucking journalists like me just for doing their job. <laughs> so if we've learned anything from the first part of this episode, it's Dolly Parton and Sting, legends, Ken Loach, mm, cunt. Well, question marks at the very least over over Loach. <laughs> no, I'm calling it. Judging jury, I'm calling it. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I'll see him in court with his fucking sov. Yeah, and he can bring his dinner too. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Yeah, well, should we read out some of these um, yeah. Argentina letters? Letters. <laughs> Emails. We've got a letter uh, here. <laughs> now then, now then. Uh, I'll read this one out. It's from Matt with one T, he says, because fuck right in two. Mm, okay. Uh, Matt says, I was listening about your Argentina plans and thought I'd tell you about my experience. Me and my mate Mick, it's Mick without a key on the end as well, because, right, you know, why write a key on the end? Uh, went to see Boca Juniors while backpacking in South America 14 years ago as fresh-faced gringuitos. We were told that uh, the area around the stadium is pretty rough, so don't bring lots of cash. We went with some other gringos and told them the same. After the game, which consisted of the whole crowd shouting, singing and basically playing a full orchestra of drums and seemingly ignoring what was going on in the pitch. Mm. That's something that gets mentioned in all the emails. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. We split up and Mick made it out safely uh, with me. Our mates, on the other hand, weren't so lucky. When they were being accosted by some youths with the obligatory demand for cash, they smugly replied they only had 10 pesos on them, which is fuck all, which enraged the youths. But being enterprising folk, one of them noticed that my mate had, uh, my mate Graham was roughly the same height as him and demanded that he hand over his matching Adidas jacket and tracksuit pants. Mm -hmm. Quite Mm -hmm. a prize, I imagine, in 2005 post IMF bailout Argentina. (laughs) This left (laughs) a little bit of social social politics there. Yeah. this left poor Graham in his tighty whities and Kappa t shirt, which they obviously had no need for. Needless to say, we ripped the piss out of him the whole of the trip after that. So that's a warning then. We were thinking about going to Argentina. I've now abandoned that idea. Fuck that. I'm Completely. not getting fucking mugged. These people are just stu- no. they're just stupid and naive, aren't they? You're getting fucking mugged. Mm. That's their fucking lookout. I mean, I'm not... What are you vi- suggesting? I'm not victim blaming. Are you suggesting blaming. we go and, wear, go and wear our sovs if we go over there? I'm not victim Take blaming. Take Ken Lodge with us. I'm not victim blaming, but, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to get fucking mugged if you go to Boca Juniors. Do you know what I mean? Just because no. they got fucking okay. mugged. They just fucking... You might do, though. Yeah. You know what I'll do? I'll arrange for some um, 
geezers on scooters to pick us up outside the ground. It's the best way to get away from mm. those foreign grounds. You get a couple of lads well, if, if, on their scooters and you just come yeah. out and you jump straight on the bat and then you get we whiz through all the crowds. Like get away scooters. If we go, if we get Ken Loach involved, he mm. could pretend he's uh, like researching a new film yeah. about Argentine poverty. Yeah, you gringo, and, um, give me your shoes. Oh, <laughs> oi, fuck off, lads, stay with me. Senor Ken Loach. Senor Ken Loach. I love your movie making. Yeah, well, I'm here making a fucking film about you fucking Archies, <sighs> innit? And now you're all fucking skint. Yeah? <laughs> it's true. We're asking. That is why we mug and rob. Yeah, well, not these two, you're not, because they're part of my research project, isn't they? <laughs> so go and on. Then he flashes the sov. Fuck, fuck off, or it's soft time. Oh, si, senor Lodge. <laughs> I love you so much. My favourite film, probably Raining Stones. <coughs> so good. So gritty and real. When I watch I, Daniel Blake, I cry for days. <laughs> Ian Duncan Smith. Universal credit. It's so cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fucking tell me about it, mate. Miss Senor Lodge. Senor Lodge, could I get part in your new movie in Argentina? Well, yeah, maybe. You won't get fucking paid, though. <laughs> I ain't paying no one. Wish you won't I, get caned as well. Wish I fucking could. And let, let's have a look at your hands. Yeah, they're good caning hands, them. <laughs> they look caneable. Yeah. Oh. oh, don't you worry about it, so I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> See you Monday, 9 just, o'clock. Just turn up. Make sure you're not late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sort of doing it. It's going to be a bit like Kez, actually. But it's set in... Um, Set in Argentina, so they got a big fucking eagle instead of a kestrel. Is there any uh, round here? Is there any swings that's all smashed up in that? <laughs> well, no, there's there's a kiddie playground, but in good condition. The, the council they pay a lot of money. Oh well, we'll just go down and smash it up half nah, eight Monday morning then. Nah, that's start. no good. If it's been done up smart, that don't really fit the old loach narrative, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we're gonna have to see to that. I'll get the old production designers on it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Middle of the night, Sunday. It'll be looking good for Monday morning. See you then, son. Don't forget, no pay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you got one you want to read out? No, not really. Hang on. No. <laughs> Fuck it. Hang on. I'm just... I'm, I've, you've caught me off guard. No, I've got, I've got another right, go one. On, do another do. one, yeah. Uh... Yeah, Buenos Aires game. Uh, this is from Martin. Uh, me and a fellow TTFN cunt Luke went to a River Plate game in 2014. Premier League it wasn't. Kickoff can't take place until the ultras are welcomed into the ground by the fans and the players oh themselves. Oh my God. <laughs> Who lined up on the pitch to welcome them to the stands. I wanted a shirt, but there were no merch stands because apparently the ultras weren't getting enough of the cut, so they banned the club from selling them. Uh, the ultras also control the car parking, food, drink, <laughs> and, uh, and, and social reality films. <laughs> but I mean, uh, go on. Go on. Uh, after a 15 minute delay, the game kicked off. Poor quality, but the ultras didn't watch it anyway. They were too busy facing the other way, singing songs and dishing out questionable substances. Away fans <laughs> are banned, so it's a bizarre one sided environment. Finally, in the 92nd minute, with the game petering out at 1-1, the opposition counter-attacked and won it. Cue total silence from 50,000 fans. Never heard anything like it, and I've been to Sunderland, he says. <laughs> Cheeky. Uh, yeah. 
True, though. Uh, the, op- the opposition celebrated right in front of the ultras. In response, a chair was ripped out and thrown, hitting one of the players in the head and knocking him out. <laughs> Ambulance on the pitch. But no- <laughs> That's amazing. That is an amazing fact. <laughs> Threw a chair and knocked a player out. <laughs> Bonk. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ambulance on the pitch but no police I was just glad to get out alive loved it he says bit like West Ham away except with actual hard men so who's this cunt he's had a dig at both our fucking clubs yeah it's it's Martin Martin cheeky Martin cheeky Martin I notice he doesn't say who he fucking supports no, I've been to Sunderland and it's quiet. And at West Ham, there aren't any real hard men. Not like at the team I support. Who's that then, mate? I'm not telling you. Arsenal. I'm not telling you, <laughs> fucking Arsenal fan. Uh, have you been to the Emirates? It's really noisy and tough. Fuck off. <laughs> fucking Martin with your gooner name. Jalapeño. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño. Did you manage to think about my 80s high street challenge? Me? Yeah, you. Oh, was that for me? I thought that was for the cunters. For the cunters, but you're the person whose answer I'm particularly interested my in. My 80s high street challenge, I had a Saturday morning routine in Newcastle. Me and my mate Dave used to get the 20 to 9 bus yeah. from where we lived to Newcastle, and then we would kick off in a small record shop, which mostly sold... Soul and dance records. Hang on. Don't try and make this cool, mate. You met at an independent record shop that sold soul and dance records. Hang on. How are- Let me finish. Right. Let me finish. It mostly sold soul and dance records, but it also sold uh, new release 12 inch singles for £1.98, which was as cheap right. as anywhere else in the city. So we'd go there, have a look, see what they had, and then we would do. Uh, the Virgin Megastore, and then we Virgin Megastore do... in the 1980s in Sunderland. No, Newcastle. Newcastle. So at the, so the beginning, Newcastle, Lon- yeah. London didn't have a Virgin Megastore in the 80s. Actually, maybe it did in the centre of town, to be fair, yeah. Virgin Megastore, and then it'll have been HMV, oh, so WH Smith's HMV, and then up to Volume Records, which was the independent record shop. And uh, that was pretty much it. It was all record shows. How old were you when you were doing this? This will have been 14, 15. All oh, right. So I'm going back like 84. I'm going more like when I was 9 or 10, which was... It's got to be 84, is it? Well, for me it is, because I'm saying when you were a kid, like, so it's almost pre-teen when you're like, you're first going up the shops with your mates on your own, but mm. just the shops for a little bit. Maybe your mum's up the supermarket. Right and uh, I would get the 267. But I was thinking about it after the challenge. I was thinking, oh, you do our Price Smiths, Woolies. Sometimes we'd go to McDonald's, you know, and get mm. like a small chips and a milkshake or something. And mm. um, then I said Boots, but really you'd only... I thought, would you go to Boots unless you were with your mum? And I thought... No, I've got Boots and look at the records. Yeah, because they had records. And also they and did... They also- 
some sort of books well. and toys and shit. I think yeah. I got some Roland Bo- Rat merch in there once. Bo- Boots and Woolies would have the bargain bin as well, so you could get the singles that had dropped out of the charts a couple of weeks before. Cheap. Yeah. But what I realised was, was I would go in all these shops for a little mooch about, but I would do almost <clears> all my spending in Smith's because right. it, was the, it was the golden age. I was asking my mum yesterday, I said, Mum, when did Smith's first come around? And she said, ah, oh, there's always been Smith's. But mm. she did admit that the 80s was its golden age. Because, yeah, it was. Because in, in the 80s, it had the lot. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I loved looking at all the stationery. This is when like, I was at primary school. And, mm. you know, smelly erasers that smelt of bubblegum. Yeah, gum, yeah. Right? Made you want to eat one, didn't it? And uh, <coughs> math, math sets. You never... <laughs> I ate fucking dozens of the cunts. That's, well, that's why I had to be held back. <laughs> that's why I had to be held back for a few years in school in the special yeah. class. Well, like, yeah. is, the, is it normal that like you have to spend like three years in the second year of infants and that you have to sit in a cage? Because Not really. my mum no. told me that was normal. But anyway, yeah, just sat in a cage. It was, it was special. Sat in a cage eating rubbers. Um <laughs> Smiths used to be great about 1984-ish because you'd have your records, you'd have yeah. your books, yeah. and you'd have ZX Spectrum games. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you had a Spectrum. Oh, or Commodore 64 I, if you were an inferior sort of cunt. No, I had the Amstrad. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right, okay. <laughs> With very little choice of games then. Yeah. <laughs> I had the Amstrad. Was that some kind of like Cockney loyalty to Alan Sugar? Yeah. It's a proper cockney computer, that. Not no, like them Japanese ones. Ugh. Ugh, I wouldn't have that in the house, the Japanese one. Disgusting. You know they eat raw fish, don't you? <laughs> no. See, this, this is a cockney computer. Only get, plays cockney you games. You get a, get a printer that goes with it, and it's preloaded. You just press the button on the side, and it prints out the lyrics to my old man. Say, follow the van. <laughs> and other Cockney classics. See, you've got this game, right, where you're a, uh, you're a bloke who goes from pub to pub selling uh, seafood out of a suitcase. Cockles, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Winkles. Eels. And you've got, you got to time it right. If you go into one of the pubs at the Rock Island, when they're in the middle of a knees up, they won't buy nothing because they're busy singing. Someone will catch you. <laughs> ah! And if you, get, if you get cut across the boat in three consecutive boozers, that's it, you're out of the game. Yeah, game over. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go back to Violet Cray and explain why you ain't sold no cockles no, and No, she's the boss. When you get to like the boss level, right at the end, if you if you get to the final, you have to fight a gigantic violet cray. But she's like huge, <laughs> like you're normal. You're the normal. You're the size of a cockney scamp, right? But she's like twenty foot high and is like waving her handbag at you. There's different boss levels. Like before that, you fight other notable cockneys like Bobby Bobby Moore, Alan Sugar himself. <laughs> <laughs> Alf Garnet. <laughs> Alf Garnet, yeah. Lionel Bart. <coughs> the artful Bart. The artful Dodger. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, good video yeah. game. That was a good video game. But yeah, you couldn't get many uh games on the Amstrad. But in Smith's, I would I very often buy the records there. I'd get my seven inches. I had a disco for my ninth birthday in nineteen eighty four, right? 
And Wait, have a look at this cunt. Have a look at this cunt here. Oh, look at the size of him. You see that? Yeah. What? Look at that. Just spider there on the wall, sitting having a look at me doing the podcast. He's like, all right, mate. What's all this? Yeah. Fuck what's you. this about then? Can I get a vote? Hey, what's this? Podcast, is it? Hey, you should give me a fucking say. I've got people, <laughs> people love hearing me talk. I've got loads of things I want to get off my chest. Like, like this situation with the immigrants, for example. <laughs> get a I mean, of him. you know, me. I'm living, let live, right? But, but at the same it's time, hand. you know, there's only so much space. We're full. <laughs> Did you know, we, this time next year, we could have 50 million Turks living here. Where are you going to put them all? Right, it's hard enough to be a spider, right? I mean, look at this, right? I'm a spider in Sunderland, right? I had to move here from the northwest because there were no spider <laughs> jobs there, right? And there were loads of fucking... Polish spiders had moved in, see? So I come up here to the northeast, see if I take my chances. I'm up here, right? And there's fucking dozens and dozens of fucking Polish, Romanian spiders, right? There's barely anywhere for me to spin my web. You can't you can't get an appointment at the spider GP for like a month. So that's no good. Right? And well, I've been having news is, terrible trouble with you- my spider diabetes. <laughs> Good news is, though, Spider Ken Loach is making a film and I've got a part in it. He's not paying no me, No money like. in it. No, just an extra. But, you know, good it, for the CV. Spider Spider Ken Loach made some fucking cracking films. He's the only one who really tells our story properly. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. He wears a sov as well on his third leg. Fucking <laughs> hell, you want to look out for that. <laughs> but to be honest, it's the only thing I've got going for me at the minute. Um, we're about done should we have a quick look at the uh, at the ghost book yeah for a change yeah we haven't had a ghost here's a number between 1 and 32 whatever it is 1 and 30 28 28 we haven't done this one already oh Jesus Um, oh I'll just one one (laughs) one section uh uh, tells you about two types of ghost. Yeah. And this page is called Sense or Nonsense. Um, two types of ghost. Modern theories of ghosts reject the idea that they are literally the spirits of people. Ghosts of the living are thought to be linked with telepathy. This is the name given to the mysterious and unproven ability of some people to send or receive messages without using physical methods. The brain is thought to interpret a telepathic signal as a visual image or ghost. Oh. So they're not like ghosts. They're hallucinations almost. They've been sent telepathically. Uh, Ghosts of the dead are thought to be psychic images. They were formed as the result of an extreme emotional event. Uh, So this is ghosts of living people. I didn't realise that was a thing. I thought ghosts were all dead. No, I, 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 yeah, I thought that. I mean, if, if you see in this, if you see a different version of a living <clears throat> person, that could be that you're seeing double. Because sometimes you see, like, mm. if you're pissed, you see like another version <laughs> of the same person, don't you? Yeah. Ah, oh, I could can be. see. I can see your ghost. No, it's just me. You're pissed. <laughs> no, there's two of you. <laughs> Fucking hell! I can see that 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 fellow on the telly. I can see his ghost. No, it's t- it's two of them. It's the proclaimers. You fucking idiot! Oh, all oh, right. Ah. Fucking thank God for that. I nearly jumped out of my skin. 
Um, extreme danger or a crisis may cause the brain to send out telepathic thought signals rather like a radio sending out an emergency SOS message does that sound le- that sound legit or does that no. sound like bollocks <laughs> sounds bollocks <laughs> this signal could be received by the brain of a sensitive person you're sensitive Sam yes did you pick some of this stuff up uh, well, um, I do get some strange signals in my head sometimes, as, yeah. As the brain... Well, that's just what it is. The, your brain is tuning into an SOS message from someone sending out a telepathic thought signal who is in a crisis or danger. Oh. Uh, the brain interprets the signal as a picture, so it is thought to be a ghost. So there you are. That's something we've Fucking learned. Fucking hell. That is... That's one of the less funny pages. Yeah, but it's certainly <laughs> one of the deepest. I mean, most it's of the time... Thought. Most of the other pages just say something like, yeah, you'll usually find ghosts hanging around near bushes. <laughs> ghosts uh, carry guns sometimes if they died in a war. That's the worst sort, because the, the gun still works. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the, the gun still works, but their fingers can't pull the triggers because they've got ghost <laughs> fingers. It just goes through the gun. So that's the only hope you've got of survival. Anyway, turn the page to the next chapter. This one's finished now. <laughs> And then at page 28 near the back, it starts getting really deep and scientific like Yeah, that. fucking hell, so, that one's uh, blown my mind. But because this one's been such a success, which I can only imagine is because of our promoting of it, um, hmm. that, what's the what's the series called? The Secrets of the Unknown the, the, or something? The, the, the World of the Unknown, yeah. The They're two, doing it more, aren't they? Yeah, the two other classics. I think one's about UFOs zombies. and aliens. Uh, oh, the, right. Don't know what the other one. I don't think it's zombies. I'm not sure. But they're releasing the others now because this has been such a big hit. <laughs> the other one's uh, Sting's Guide to Sex. <laughs> What's it called? Guide to the Unknown. Sting's yeah, Guide the to... The World of the Unknown. Sting, uh, thanks for joining us here on BBC Radio 2 on the Jeremy Vine Show. So Bye. what are you coming up? <laughs> uh, well, I'm here to promote a new book i got coming out. It's actually a reissue from a book that I first had out when I was with the police late in the uh, late 70s. <laughs> Oh, and and what is this book? Ah, uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's, it's the unknown guide to the unknown, and it's all about my sex life. Oh, really? Yeah, with uh, Trudy Styler, my missus, and it's all about all, all my sex tricks that I've got. You know, like mainly sex tricks. <laughs> mainly about how I can have it off for like hours on end, and what it comes down to is Jeremy. Is you just don't move it about. You stick it in and then you just leave no it there. No thrusting. <laughs> no thrusting. Just leave it in. Actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually wrote the book while I was having it off like that. <laughs> I had a, a sketch pad and a pencil and I did some writing and some drawings. Because I was thinking about sex while I was writing here's the book. A, That's a, what kept us hard. Here's a, here's a fact. On the same day I wrote that book and came up with the idea for that sex technique and not thrusting. Right, I wrote Roxanne and Don't Stand So Close To Me on the same day. Now, cluing that, both songs are about sex, aren't they, in a way? Yeah. The one's about a prosy, and the other one is about a young lass but who, wants to, who wants to have it off with like, her teacher. Like. <laughs> and so they both are of a sexual nature, let's say. <laughs> Although, no, I mean, you know, I want to make it clear. That don't stand so close to me weren't about nonsense. It were about no. a lad trying to, you know, make his way through the world without nonsense. 
And when I when I wrote that, I, I stopped being hard straight away. Yeah. And so, I went on the flop. But I'll admit that when I was writing Roxanne, although I've never had to pay for it, like, and I'll no, tell you I, that. I wouldn't re- have to. Re- sting. Right re- now. I mean, I'm fucking sting. I've been beating them off with a shitty stick since I was a fucking bairn, right? But I never had to pay for it. But at the same time, when I was writing about a lass who's had to go out, you know, on the prosy, then yeah. it, I, I admit at the time it did get me hard. Yeah, I mean, I went to Amsterdam for a weekend for research and I went to the Red <laughs> with Light the, With the other lads from the band, <laughs> with, you know. With all them windows, you know, all the lasses sitting in the windows selling their bodies, but I never went in. I never went in. Oh, man, I'm sting. I look like, I had a good look and we were, you know, having a laugh, me and the other two fellas, you Aye. know. And, and the lasses, the lasses were all going, oh, it's Sting. How are you, Sting? You have a free one. But I didn't know. No, even though it was free. Know where been, and I know? love a bargain, mate, but no, no way. <laughs> I was there. Look, don't touch. That was my policy. Uh, actually, me, me, my next book's coming out next month, which is Sting's guy to get the bargain. So uh, that'll be something to look out for. <laughs> Right, because because um, if if you think about it, I've had an offer twenty hours in one go. That's a bargain, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting your money's like worth. Ten minutes. Not that what a lass ever charges me for it, like because she's well, lass. But but at the same time, you know, it's like you get all the sex in one sitting. <laughs> it's a, it's like a time bargain. Uh-huh. If you think about it. Uh, you're listening to the Jeremy Vine show. If you want to get in touch, if you've got any questions to sting, aye, but make sure all the questions, right, are either about sex or bargains. <laughs> like, if you're thinking of changing your utility bills, right, like me and Trudy Styler have had to recently, then, t- but fill your boots, get in touch. I've got a good few, few fair few tips on that. <laughs> He's the new Martin Lewis. <laughs> that Martin Lewis, right? He's shite. I tell uh, you what I heard about him. He's on the fucking pay from a lot of the companies he endorses. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> Not like me. I'm genuinely independent. I'm so rich, I don't need to take anything from anyone. It's just all about the advice and wanting to help people. See, see me, right? Jeremy, Jeremy <clears throat> Vine, I will give you a £500 cheque now. Just so you can take yourself on holiday or something like that. No, yeah, I, I'm f- yeah. I'm fine, Sting. I don't. Now do it. I got my checkbook with me. See that scene? See that scene in Quadrophenia where I get the checkbook out in the courtroom, right? I got the same checkbook. I still carry with me out of that fucking film. Okay, we're gonna play a record now. <laughs> this one's uh, Fields of Gold, one of Sting's solo hits. <laughs> Aye, good fucking song, that, and all. <laughs> it's not about shagging, though. Uh, aye, there we go. Um, right, we've run out of time, Sam. For the next mailbag, if you would like uh, to send Sting any questions about either yes. sex or money-saving uh, tips, right, bargains. Ask Sting. Ask, just just <laughs> but title your any of your tweets or emails, Ask Sting. Hashtag ask Sting. And just put the questions in and we'll answer them. And we'll do that. Right, thanks for listening. Ah, it's been a good one, hopefully. (laughs) 
Uh, we'll be back. If you're IFS subscriber, there'll be a Hells Angels tomorrow and a Melchester on Thursday. If you're not an IFS subscriber, fuck me, you're missing out. You'll have to wait till Friday till we do a new one. Yeah, you. Oh no, miss- you get a Roy Keane from nine months ago, but pff, you know, fuck that. And even Sting would endorse playing a oh, measly God, yeah. three pound plus VAT a month to join the IFS. He'd call it bargain of the week, wouldn't it? Bargain, because I mean, it sounds like an outlay, <laughs> but if you think of it, it's less than a pint, and the amount of content you're getting, it's unbeatable right. value, man. And it might send these two young lads on holiday, which they probably need to be to be fair. So you know, I can't keep dishing out checks for every cunt I make. <laughs> Dig deep. All right, thanks a lot, TTFN. Tara. Don't know why I just said rest. that. Just rest. <laughs> <laughs>